Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and um, I've got 99 plans, but um, good show. Maybe he's not one. And uh, this week I'm joined by my co-host, friend, and uh, the man that is probably going to disagree with me about this. I'm sensing maybe, who knows, but we're still brothers in the end. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. Did you just make a Jay Z reference? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you know, you know, that's a Jay Z song, right? <laughs> I I know the um, what is it? The hold on. There's a version of it. Ninety nine problems, but uh, ain't one. Yes, but there's a. I think it's Hugo. Yeah, there's a version of Hugo. Uh, an artist does that I enjoy more, which is like a kind of um, rock uh, version of it. So, huh. yeah. All right. Well, still, that's the first time Jay Z has been referenced on this show. So, before <laughs> day. Thanks. And I would never have guessed that would happen for this episode. So, we're off to a good start. I mean, come on. There's there's a reference to 99 uh in one of the episodes so i figured i was like oh this is this is a perfect little segue so well you you have the foresight my friend because i <laughs> did not see that coming but you have a point <laughs> well um jesse uh what are we talking about this week since we're just, we'll just dive right into it we are talking about the Bad Batch, uh, the Clone Wars spinoff and its second season. And judging by your intro, Michael, I think one of us will be a little more positive than the other. And it feels like it's been a while since you've been the negative Nancy because we talk a lot about Marvel on this show. So it's a, it's a welcome change. Yeah, I guess. Uh, sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's our topic for today, and I guess we'll just get right into it. When we were doing our, I guess, our year, our 2023 preview <clears throat> back in January, I had mentioned that this was going to be coming out, and I'm paraphrasing a bit probably, but you said something along the lines of, I'm going to let you take the lead on that, Jesse, when I was talking about I was probably going to watch this. And then I remember texting you after, I think, the first few episodes, and I said, you know, I think this is actually an improvement from what they did in season one. And I guess my question to you, Michael, is how much do you hate me for convincing you to tune back in for season two? I mean, I don't hate you that much. It just kind of, it feels, um, the story just kind of feels all over the place sometimes. And there are points where I was watching it and then just completely zoned out, like just a hundred percent have no idea what was happening, how we got to this situation. Um, <laughs> anything at all and with that i had to like stop and go okay 
what, what's going on here um, and spend that time. So I, I, that doesn't, in my opinion, you know, really seem to bode well for a, a show. <laughs> That's fair. Um, was it just consistently like that for you or did you find any redeeming qualities in this season too? Cause it sounds like you, you didn't have a good time. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there was, there was parts of it that I enjoyed. I like some of the, uh, off main character, you know, side story stuff, um, here and there. I liked, um, I, I did like how they kind of developed the characters a little bit more, but it just felt like we're plodding along to get to these moments that it, it it legitimately feels like there's just filler episodes here. Like it is 16 episodes and it honestly feels like it could be like it could be one of these shows that is s- shorter and smaller and doesn't take forever to get to the points it's trying to make like this one was. So. Yeah. It just, I just was sitting there going, okay, cool. When are we going to actually get back to like the story we're trying to tell? Or is this going to come back up? Or is this just another cute little, um, you know, side story that doesn't, that's not going to have any big ramifications for a while. So I don't know. I went back and forth is the, is the uh, long answer, I guess. It's funny you say that because when we talked about this show last year, I almost verbatim remember us pretty much hitting all those same points in that this doesn't really need to be 16 episodes. It kind of, it's kind of a roller coaster ride. There's peaks and valleys. The story is a little jumbled. And I think a lot of those same issues are present in season two. So this is not all like, yeah, I'm, you know, you know, ride or die with that now. <laughs> And I don't know if it's a stylistic thing for Filoni um, or if it's just Disney Plus is locking them in to 16 episodes every season for, hey, got to keep the kitties, you know, distracted or whatnot. But, yeah, I, I don't think, to be clear, I don't think it's like night and day from season one. Um, it still has a lot of those same issues. What I appreciated about this season, and I want to go back to something that you told me last episode when we were talking about The Last of Us, and I think you were actually also referencing The Mandalorian when you said this, but you mentioned something along the lines of you appreciated the shows were showing how the circumstances of this world or the obstacles that the main characters are facing are how those same things are also impacting other characters, separate characters in this world that don't really have anything to do with the main characters. And I thought in this season of Bad Batch, what I really appreciated is we did actually get some time away from the squad and not to get too deep into things before uh, we hit our spoiler section here, but I thought we actually got to take a break and let the squad do their squad things while we 
did some world building and expanded the lore a little bit for just how the empire was able to establish its grasp, its stranglehold on the galaxy as a whole, and directly how that impacted the clones. And I thought they also inputted some sci-fi, some classic sci-fi tropes in there as well that I like to see. And so while we had a lot of these same issues, and I'm more than happy to discuss those with you here in a little bit, I also found that overall, that there was more of an overarching story this season as opposed to the first one as it pertains to the Star Wars galaxy as a whole. And so that was what I really dug about it. I really enjoyed Crosshair in this season. I thought he was by far the most compelling character in the Bad Batch, we'll call them. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I think when it comes to this show, it's still too long. There are still those episodes where I am definitely being told and shown that I'm watching a kid's show in certain episodes. <laughs> but I almost have FOMO when it comes to Bad Batch because there are those episodes that are compelling and that do have stories worth telling. And I don't want to miss those, even though I know I'm going to have to sit through several disposable episodes to see those. But I'll just do what I did for season one when I go through this again. I will skip all those episodes <laughs> and just watch the ones that matter. But that does drag down the viewing experience the first time. But uh, overall, I, I there were things I liked about this. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. It just it really does feel like, um, like you're saying, there's certain moments, characters, uh It just like it's the the Webigail effect from DuckTales. I feel like with uh, Echo sometimes where they don't need to be there and they cause more problems than they actually help solve. And yeah. I, it, I just hate that. I'm just like, this is like, I don't like you as a character. I'm upset that you're here. You're making things worse sometimes. But other did times you, like... Did, did you mean Echo or uh, Omega? Oh, Omega. I said Echo, didn't I? Yeah. I was like, hey, man, what, what did Echo do? <laughs> yeah, screw Echo. Um, no, <laughs> screw yeah, no, Android arm. Um, I mean, Omega, yeah, she, they, I still think I'm not entirely sure. Um, unless they did, you know, I think they referenced sister at one point. Um, well, that doesn't mean anything, no. That's, um, yeah. Oh no, they said we're sisters. Okay. No, that, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, yeah, yeah. So um yeah, but it's like I don't know, it just I get frustrated with her as a character in some at some points because it feels like there 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 is some sort of bigger story here. There's some sort of craziness going on, and they just are like, Oh, it's it's gonna be good when it gets here. It's gonna get here it's like um uh, i have south park on the mind for a different reason but like the whole like game of thrones parody episode that they did where they like you know butters goes to 
George R. R. Martin's house and it's all about floppy wieners, right? Like that's what I kind of feel like is going on here. It's like they have a really cool story they want to tell us, but then there's like a bunch of other crap in the way that it doesn't feel necessary, doesn't feel really important. Uh, the whole like, ta- uh, not to spoil stuff, but there's like a portion where they go to a town and they spend a bunch of time in that town or what feels like a bunch of time. And then I look back and it's like one episode and I was like, God, why did that episode feel like five? So I just think I like, like we I brought up before, I like I like the characters. I like where the story is going and I like the world building that it's doing because I that's why I kept watching because uh-huh. I was curious about what was happening. But it feels like there's a better story happening with better main characters and we're stuck with these people who are still good characters. It just feels like they're getting a short end of a stick that I don't understand. It's like a weird thing where I both love and hate it at the same time in equal measures. And it's a very confusing emotion to me. Omega's character is problematic because she has been thrust into a role of great significance and we've been given some of that justification for why she's such a MacGuffin of sorts. And that's fine. However, she's around all the time and she's just kind of your classic cliche, annoying kid character. <laughs> and uh, pretty much more or less what you would expect from her. Um, Nat <laughs> likes to kind of make fun of her sometimes and like repeat some of her lines. It cracks me up a little bit, (laughs) but uh, I think you have that problem most directly with her, but I think also with other members of the squad and there were some signs of character development, like you said, but every time we came back to, you know, the classic, what, is the squad up to this week on the bad batch type episode i kind of just was getting a little antsy and and pacing a little bit wanting to get back to the stories i found interesting and i but i do think the difference between season one and two is that there were instances of an overall theme and a more connected story as it pertains to the clones as a whole in this season as opposed to season one, which kind of relied on the presence of characters that we know from other Star Wars canon and making like fun cameos to like spice things up a little bit. Whereas here I felt the overall story when we got to have those moments was a little more cohesive, a little bit stronger. Um, So it's, it's the same problem, but also I think they did a better job with other things. So it's it's kind of weird, man. Um, and again, I I don't know if it's that's just Filoni is just throwing those in for the kids because, or if it's bad writing, it could be both, or if it's you know some suit over at Disney Plus is you know demanding that you know certain characters be present in X amount of episodes, whatever the case, there's a disconnect somewhere and this could be better. And I mean, 16 is a lot of episodes for a season of TV nowadays. And I don't really feel it's worth that, 
that many episodes in a season. And now we're getting back to the whole Disney Plus thing where they can't figure out how many episodes <laughs> the story they're telling in these Marvel and Star Wars series actually are required in order to make a satisfactory narrative from start to finish. Yeah, and that's where I'm starting to get a little frustrated because it feels like there are some shows where I'm like, man, I want more episodes. But then there's other shows where it's just like, cool, we're done. All right, well, we're not done. We have this other thing and this other thing. And then up, 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 there's more coming. Don't you worry. And I'm like, I don't want more. Please stop. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Like uh, with Tales of the Jedi. I don't know if you've, if you've watched that yet. We haven't talked about it here. So, again, no, no. spoilers. I wanted more of Tales of the Jedi. And it felt like they gave us just the scraps almost like of ideas they had. And then it was done. And then here is 16 episodes of Bad Batch. So whatever the reason, it it makes for an imperfect finished product. And I think that's a shame because I think this is a very pivotal point in the Star Wars canon. And it's very bleak and it's sad. And there's just, you know, obstacles and danger and, you know all that stuff that we like intrigue everywhere and <laughs> it it could and should be better than it is especially given you know some of the high points they're able to hit with this show yeah it's it is so we're, we're more on the same page than i thought we were gonna okay be all right that's good <laughs> i mean that's like my thing is um between the different the difference between watching um the Mandalorian and this is sure. is that theme and not to like say which one's better and like that. I'm not getting into that right now. Maybe we'll do it later, but <laughs> uh, right now, but you're to your point though, I do like it, it is such an interesting time in the star Wars canons timeline. Like this is the, it is the fall of the Republic, the entering of the empire. They're deep into the early days of it. And it's like uh, it, it make it harkens to Andor, which I loved. Like it's a bleaker time at point. It's darker. And admittedly, it is dark also in the 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 um, in some of the scenes too. I had to like turn. I was like sitting in my room and I was like turned up the brightness on my phone when I was watching it. And then it's like, okay, well now I need to. I guess I'll go watch it on my computer. And I went to my computer and it was like, it's still real dark in this scene. Why is it so dark? Stop making things so dark. I like the theme and then like, you know, the Mandalorian has a very different, it's the rise of the new Republic. Um, you know, the rebellion, uh, you know, the empire has been crushed. The rebellion is over and it has a different feel. And I like both of them for that. It just, sometimes the darkness doesn't read in the same way, or it feels kind of underdeveloped for certain situations. So I, th I think we could probably get into the spoiler section if you're ready, Jesse. Yeah, I think overall, if you like season one of the Bad Batch, or, you know, by all means, continue. I, I think you'll probably like this. If you didn't like season one, there's probably not going to be anything here to convince you otherwise. Um, and maybe some uh, some nerd out there will make an abbreviated. Here are the parts you should watch <laughs> from this season if you're. A Star Wars junkie or do a supercut or something so you don't have to sift through all the disposable parts. But 
I digress. Yeah, it does honestly feel like there's points that are just like, cool, we're here, we're doing this thing, because like you said, it feels like a suit was like, we got to do this. This is an important thing. Yeah. So. So starting the spoiler section, uh, so everybody is warned, <laughs> I think a good example of, you know, that's that's the best way to describe that. I guess like the inconsistency in storytelling is we have a really great crosshair episode. And I think Commander Cody is in that episode too. Yes. The third one, maybe. Um, And we can talk about that a little more in a second, but we have this, this really intriguing bleak sci-fi rich episode and then we transition into oh uh sid is in debt to this asshole and we have to win this fucking speed race or whatever to save her from a fate that she probably deserves and they probably should have just let her (laughs) be sold off or whatever and that would have saved them some trouble later but um yeah it's just it the the mission of the week type of or the side mission of the week type of episode that we don't like immediately followed this very intriguing and very worthwhile episode and i think that kind of made me pause a little bit and of course it was right after i was like oh i think this is better (laughs) i uh made me pause a little bit and i was like okay so we're we're still going to have the same problems, but again, FOMO. And after that crosshair episode, I certainly wasn't going to stop watching at that point. Yeah. I think, uh, to that point, like I talked about it last time where I was like, Oh, I wanted to see like more, you know, a team clone troopers. Right. But I feel like they didn't have something like that in a team, right? Like they didn't have like a super dark episode, set away from the a team and then the very next episode was something super lighthearted with the a team it was always the a team they were always doing their thing and yes there might have been varying tones inside of that but it was it always felt like it was part of the same world right, right? and sometimes it's i i had to go like this is bad batch this is a star wars thing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not you know ducktales uh you know the 90s version um and it's a shame and i wish they had found a better balance especially because removing crosshair from the squads and from the mission of pursuing the squad enabled them to use him as a proxy almost for the audience to explore you know some more thematic elements with the clones and their role in this new empire and we've already seen from season one that the empire has no intentions to keep the clones on for the long run they're just kind of you know using them as they see fit to for their nefarious end but they're not they they're disposable they they don't give a fuck and crosshair 
because he felt betrayed by the squad and for season one had this sort of vendetta against them that I think kind of he had the blinders on a little bit. Good soldiers follow orders type thing. But when he was removed from that and he's interacting with other clones and he's being exposed more to the Empire's methods in this world and I think also interacting with other clones who are dealing with, again, this very classic sci-fi trope. Um, do androids dream of electric sheep? Or for a Mass Effect fan like you and I, you know, does this unit have a soul? We're not droids, you know, we're, we were made to think for ourselves. And seeing how the different clones are grappling with the realization that they don't actually have a, a place in this new empire and they're just essentially being sent to their death and then you know brushed aside for the mindless troops who just you know are brutes and will follow orders regardless yeah that's a very rich site so, and again classic sci-fi trope slash story that you can follow yeah it, yeah it is it is strong theming it is something that's been covered by so many other authors so many other media and it's an important question to ask because it asks about the human condition and it's cool and fun and thought-provoking and then mm -hmm. we go swoop bike racing <laughs> swoop bike thank you I, I i said speed bike i couldn't remember <laughs> but uh yeah man it it just it's a little disappointing and then i think in those episodes that's where you're i'm thumb twiddling and just kind of waiting to get back to that and to their credit i mean we we saw that play out again in other care in other stories um another one that comes to mind it was when they were i think they were on coruscant and they were it was the council and they're trying to expose that d-bag empire you know commander i can't remember his name yeah and what he did at camino and they actually are successful but unwittingly playing right into palpatine's hands which is always awesome and then of course seeing how that fallout from you know <laughs> that unfortunate incident then impacts you know clones after that episode and that's where the meat of the story was and it was great when we were there and it was disappointing whenever we didn't spend any time there and, and it's not like every episode with the squad was a total throwaway i thought they had some crucial moments in there that were intriguing as well but overall i just i kind of wanted to see what was happening with the other clones <laughs> yeah like we got cody for a second and then we got some more and then he just is like oh by the way i uh you know i i i'm no longer part of the the, the empire I, I ran away so it's like wait what mm -hmm. oh okay cool that seems like it should be important but i guess not all right yeah as it pertains to you know some of the characters who were in season one i 
did not really care one way or the other for Sid, although I thought her intentions, especially after she and the squad had that falling out, which I, man, for the life of me, I could not remember exactly how that happened. <laughs> I was thinking back on that as they were referencing it in later episodes, but I thought it kind of made them look dumb, especially when the squad went back to her later on as a safe haven of sorts. It's like, dude, this, this <laughs> she's trying to sell you guys out. You know, she's she doesn't want any of that smoke. What are you doing? You yeah, just because you helped her win a swoop bike race doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. she'll help you again. And I mean, it's clear we're just going back to swoop bikes. That's the that's the core problem with this season is the swoop bikes. Damn swoop bikes! I never <laughs> liked them in Knights of the Old Republic. I did not like it here. Um, so yeah. It, I thought there was potential to do more with this. Um, what were uh, some of the, an episode or, you know, a, a, a story point that, that you liked beyond what I've mentioned though? Yeah, I really liked um, the introduction of the commando troopers in episode 11, like the whole like black ops crew. Like that one was cool to me because I was like, oh, it's like, it's showing us the like the the that the empire is able to build and make almost better troopers than the clones like these guys are going in or as good as the clones were in certain instances so i really like the fact and also the fact that it was a uh, reference to a, a very good old game but it was just one of those things that i saw and was like yeah that's the stuff i miss that's the cool things um these are the stories i want to see uh not the um episode 13 with the giant wave that almost destroys the town <laughs> like i don't give a crap about this like we've only you know what 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 did they call the tsunami it was like a a storm surge or something yeah i don't <laughs> i i i asked because i told natalie i was like eh, i don't think i've ever heard you know you know something like that before and she goes oh it's probably just going to be a tsunami and like two minutes later <laughs> massive tidal wave and i was like oh, okay you called it you you're calling them on all their stuff in this season so yeah it i just was like okay i don't give a crap about this this is dumb <laughs> and that's like the sad part is that there are parts of it that are really good and really fun and really cool and others that are just not and it like goes back and forth the uh, tri uh tipping point with crosshair episode 14 solid the outpost was with crosshair solid uh the you know episode 10 the one with like the junk kid and the thief that one was a little bit good um it just kind of it, it that one was not like i was like wow this when will this episode be over but it was also like yeah like i feel like this is this kind of goes back to like them doing good for people that really need it and kind of stumbling into those types of things opposed to you know being forced to to do that <laughs> did you like that they snuck in a few different like treasure hunting episodes in this season uh yeah <laughs> 
This is the one. It had the. This had the uh, giant Death War machine thing, right? Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. I I remember like five minutes of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think that's the problem, right? Like there's so much of this that it's hard for me to be able to be like the defining moments. Like it's, you know, I, I can really recall the really good stuff. I struggle recalling any of the stuff that's bad or, uh, is, is mediocre. I can recall the good stuff. I can recall the bad stuff, but I struggle to recall anything that's like kind of in between. And, uh, there's a lot of in between here, a lot of in between, <laughs> Yeah, I think these settings and these situations that they choose for certain episodes for the squad just I mean they they may as well just, you know, throw it right in the trash for, you know, how 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 useful it is in helping this season progress anywhere. Um I, and I also just, I don't like static characters that are supposed to be protagonists, man. They're not very interesting and they're, they're just kind of boring. Um, I think Wrecker is a good example of that, except at the end, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, he's just, he's a static stereotype of you know he's big meathead and he just wants to blow stuff up all the time and he's he can't be stealthy he likes to eat a lot of food even when he's full he can eat more food it's just not a character like that is like the show kind of like shoving the idea down your throat that you're watching a kid show and yeah. i feel like it's kind of pandering almost to kids and that's not cool man because you can still tell you know smart stories and have characters who change and evolve and question things and that's not going to impact a kid's enjoyment of a show i mean if it's clearly being laid out as you know the you know episode of the week type thing like ducktales is then well <laughs> that's one thing but they have this imbalance of trying to tell mature stories and some pretty bleak moments that they throw in here combined with the fact that we are we have a kid show and it I, it's just very messy and i think it reveals itself and certain characters like Wrecker, and, and it's you know just disappointing. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of stuff we didn't like. Um, I thought, again, I think Crosshair was the MVP of this season by far, and I thought his story, you know, started to pick up more and more towards the end, but. Uh, how did you feel about, you know, where he ultimately ended up? You mean potentially dying on a slab in a lab? <laughs> yeah. I do like when he tried to escape from <laughs> that fucking base and he just got gassed. And I had like so many flashbacks to stepping on a fucking gas mine in Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> and there, dude, that sucks. I mean, I like the fact that he's still 
he's still a badass. Uh, the fact that he, you know, he's draw, he, he's like been tested on. He's uh, like got probably like a bunch of uh, medication pumping through his his uh, veins, but he's still just like, all right, well, we're going to shoot this guy and then we're going to shoot this guy and then we're going to go over here and then go keep going over here and fuck you and fuck you. Um, So he's just that's the thing again. I it's not that I hate the core group. It's just I feel like they're just they they're the slow points of a story and in a show that's called the bad batch it it really feels like they want to tell a they, they want to be telling a different story it feels like it feels like like the, i think this type of multi um storytelling works for the clone wars or multi storyline telling worked for the clone wars because it was about an overall thing right it was a a, a time period in this galactic history um whereas like the mandalorian is about the mandalorian and it focuses like they have and we'll touch on it later but they have episodes that kind of jog off and they're like oh we're gonna tell this story here but it plays directly back into like another episode in only like one ep- like one two episodes whereas it felt like sometimes when they were doing that here it was like we want to tell this story and it, it's going to go here in this show. And it led to other things, but it just felt janky because those were the more interesting parts. Whereas like for the Mandalorian, I feel like those are interesting, but they're not more interesting than the core story. So I don't want to spend that much time on the side stuff. Whereas in this show, I don't really care about the main story that's happening with these characters. Cause I don't really care for the main characters as much. Yeah. So, bring me back to the side story please so that's it's just, that's just kind of one of my problems with it it's just it feels like we're not spending the time where i think the better story is well and with clones you have kind of a unique opportunity where someone like crosser for example can have a very ironclad specific idea of what a good soldier is and what that that should still mean something even you know after the clone wars are over and now it's the age of the empire but he kind of finds a representation of that in um the outpost episode and i can't remember the officer's name the the bearded guy i always like a clone with a beard (laughs) oh that dude is rugged as hell and not to be trifled with but um he sees this you know clone who's been following orders and it's a very you know dire situation these guys are are basically just being left here to die and hold out as long as they can. And he still follows orders, even if he's a little salty about it. And you have this Imperial officer who's got a real stick up his butt and is, doesn't have any experience and they don't respect him, but they still follow his orders because good soldiers follow orders. And they go on this, you know, suicide mission, essentially. They make it back alive, but the other clone is, you know, 
gravely wounded and is going to die without medical attention and they just let him die because they don't care and that is kind of like you know a crossroads of sorts no pun intended for crosshair because he's seen like someone he believes this is a good soldier he should be taken care of if he does his job and instead they just kind of you know brush him aside after you know his his moment of utmost need and i feel like there were more opportunities that they kind of squandered to put the rest of the squad in those same situations so that they can have similar realizations or have their characters evolve as well and we started to get a little bit of that with tech and with wrecker towards the end of the season hunter is just always the same which is also kind of frustrating but i feel like they just did not give those characters the same amount of focus to allow for them to have the character arcs that crosshair did in this season and that's what i think they all needed they all should have had some type of evolution by seeing how this new galaxy under the empire is impacting their fellow clones resonate with them that they see themselves in to a degree that's that's where the story beats were and they hit some of them but they could have done more with that yeah it does really feel like there's just unchanging characters like you said hunter doesn't feel any different to me he he left the last season like a like you know a badass mm-hmm. and we're still playing around with the same same character emoting same uh you know everything right and it's just like okay cool but i want more i want to see some sort of change or some growth in him and it doesn't feel like we're getting that at all no with wrecker they have that you know we're getting into the final episodes here but um they are infiltrating this base and before they start this mission uh they have to tell wrecker you know what you know the usual lines don't blow anything up and you know he gives the same kind of disappointed reaction and like oh here we fucking go again but then when he and omega are in the hangar of the base you know they're trying to figure out how they can place the beacon on one of the ships and you know usually this would be an opportunity for record to just kind of throw caution to the wind and do record things but he actually has like some semblance of logic here where he goes eh, there's not a lot of cover down there for me kid but you could go and i'll, I'll watch out for you and it's successful and it's like dude where is this character the rest <laughs> of the time because you're not just a dumb meathead you do actually have some strategic line of thinking because you are a good soldier and a worthwhile character in terms of tech um before they leave for that mission he's talking with the is she like a is she a pirate or like a smuggler i i that that friend the, they make i guess the the one that has the hots for uh uh, uh exactly. yeah 
yeah, I think she's a smuggler. Yeah. She's like the treasure hunter smuggler, yeah. Yeah. And I thought we had seen her from the Clone Wars, but don't quote me on that. Um, and they kind of, you know, because tech is always just, you know, 100% logic, no emotion, you know, he doesn't stray from that at all. They kind of tried to do something with that between him, him and Omega, and it was okay. But again, you're left wanting more. And now he's presented with somebody who he has really had very little interaction with. New character. And it's an opportunity there to, you know, flesh out his character a little bit more. Maybe get him to emote a little bit. It's okay to just have a conversation with somebody. I did feel for him a little bit when she was kind of flirting and it was going right over his head. I was like, dude, I've been there, Tex, so I, I feel you, buddy. But um, they had these opportunities, I felt like, where if they had just started some of those beats earlier in the season and carried them through for Wrecker, for Tech, done something with Hunter then this would have been, you know, a really nice story with the squad. And I feel like I would have been less antsy every time we cut away from Crosshair or the other clones to do the mission of the week type story. Yeah. I think, I think we're just unfortunately pounding the same point again and again here, which is bad is that it feels like they're telling two like we have two different shows going on. We have a show that's um, a kid's show about Star Wars and an actual show about Star Wars that's interesting and insightful and cool. <laughs> and unfortunately, they're occupying the same space, which is making it worse. So they are and we are kind of beating a dead horse a little bit, but I mean, tech makes a pretty big sacrifice at the end of this season. Mm -hmm. We don't know for sure if he's dead and gone, as we've seen with echo, you can think a character, a clone is dead and you know, they may return later on also kind of a bait and switch with TV in general, that if you don't see a character die, directly <laughs> on screen you can't really take that at face value especially when the empire is lying i mean like oh we couldn't find any trace of him here's his <laughs> broken goggles like yeah right but um like that's that's a pretty big sacrifice and it was an intense scene like a pretty riveting chase to try and flee from the empire as the tie fighters are shooting these rail cars out of the sky essentially and to make that sacrifice should have been a much more impactful moment for him than it ultimately wound up being. And while I felt kind of sad that he made that sacrifice, when you have a main character that does something like that for the betterment of their squad, it should devastate you. And it just didn't it was just kind of sad and that means that that character was underwritten and that sacrifice didn't feel fully earned for us to feel the way that we should have yeah it it was 
it was interesting to see, you know, the whole moment and what does plan 99 mean? And I was curious and I wanted yeah. to know more, but also in the same hand, I was like, ah, oh, man, like only if I had an emotional connection to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't. So. Exactly. And then Wrecker, you know, I want to feel sorry for him. And he's again, showing more intellect at the end of this episode by kind of sniffing out something is going on with Sid when she's trying to console him mm -hmm. at the bar. And it's like, dude, where, why are you smart now? <laughs> where were you the previous 14 episodes when you were the same static character? So I don't like to beat a dead horse, but I also get frustrated when we have compelling dramatic moments, especially when an issue with this show has been the intrigue is with other characters more than with our main protagonists and our main protagonists are in a very desperate situation at the end of this. And it should feel we should be afraid for their well-being more than we are, where I think the intrigue really is just in seeing what happens overall with the clones and the empire moving forward and not so much with this, you know, particular band of clones. Yeah. Which is, I feel like not a good story is that in a show called the bad batch, again, there's a more interesting story happening elsewhere. And it makes me sad. That doctor is creepy for the empire immune to his own gas. Oh yeah. The, um, uh, core. What was his name? And I was like, man, this is such a cliche name. Uh. <laughs> he, he was kind of a cliche. Hawthorne? Creepy. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. It was it was something where I was like, really? Really? Huh. Really? Okay. I liked seeing Saw Gerrera again. Yeah, again. that was cool. Uh, again. Of a character we know that spices things up. Um, and I did. I also liked kind of the acknowledgement that well it looks like you i told you to pick a side and it looks like you did unfortunately it's not the exact side i'm on so we're kind of at odds here which would have been a fun development to see more of but then he just you know nukes the place and then and he's like out of there yeah but, then he he zoidbergs out of there and you're just like okay <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah exactly that's exactly i was just like oh okay <laughs> Very easily, too. But, I mean, stormtroopers are dumb, so that, that's yeah. not a surprise. Um, and now you have kind of this this renegade or this brainwashed group of clones under the, we'll call him Hawthorne, the, the evil Hawthorne guy. And we have a lot of good ingredients here, man, but the, uh, the end results... It's a little underbaked. It's a little too salty. Texture's a little rough. But, you know, you, you can still eat it and maybe go back for more if you feel so inclined. Yeah, I mean, like, it definitely felt, you know, it was like, all right, it's like, okay, let's, 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 let's see them cook. And, you know, are they going to cook? Are they, are they cooking here? Nope, nope, we're failing. Cool. We're failing bad. Okay, cool. And it just makes me sad. Because I want to like it more. I do. <laughs> yeah, man. I 
And if this is, I mean, we're two seasons in now. I, if they keep doing 16 episodes, there's no reason to think season three won't be more of the same. Will I keep watching? Probably because, again, the FOMO is strong. And thankfully, the episodes are short at least. So you can burn through these and you can be looking at your phone if, you know, it's not interesting. But it's just a little, you know, we, we talk a lot about Disney Plus shows on this podcast. And it just gets a little frustrating that with all their resources and that's, you know, Disney kind of keeps coming up short on the storytelling front with these properties when, you know, if you actually put, you know, some, some thought and effort into it, y'all could be killing it every time. And, you know, these, these writers and Filoni, you know, and his other shows are, are pretty kitty too, but they've done that with the clone wars and with rebels and this could be better and beating that dead horse, but it's because it's as a fan, as somebody who, you know, my wife and I love the Clone Wars, you know, it's some of our favorite Star Wars content, period. And it's disappointing to see something that could live up to, you know, or reach those same heights. And it just doesn't because reasons. The best kind reasons. Yeah, that sucks. Um, and you know andor you know andor was really good we've we talked about that not long ago i've enjoyed the mandalorian and it's just like there's these these this post clone wars empire world and you know mandalorian is after return of the jedi but still dealing with some of those things um like this is this is good canon like in this there's a lot of you know there's a lot of potential here that is being squandered and it's just frustrating to me as a fan and it, and it always will be, even if I, you know, I could turn away and just not give a shit, but it's hard for me to do that when I know it could be better. Right. It's just, again, the, you know, pizza conversation. It's, it's just not good pizza. And it, it it sucks that it's just because it's kind of semi not good pizza. We get like a, a what? It's, I don't know where I'm going with this. It just it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. So please, writers, Disney, follow through with these <laughs> these promising sci-fi you know tropes that you've been building into this fantasy slash sci-fi property that we all love because that's <laughs> that's where the heart of the story is and it could be something special yeah it's just yeah not there and makes me sad it does yeah i mean i do feel sad after it's over and again i won't watch those throwaway episodes again and like it was for season one. I'm sure season two will feel really awesome just watching the ones that matter. <laughs> I just wish I didn't have to go to those lengths myself. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens, but 
I think two seasons in, we kind of know more or less what to expect if they continue on this path. Right. I mean, it is just the same, same old, same old at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, I'll start the Mandalorian soon. You seem to be enjoying that, right? Yo, yeah, no, I'm loving it. It's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not season one Mandalorian where it's got like a lot of these overarching like uh, Wild West themes and that I really loved when they were blending that. But it's it's still good. It's still fun. It's still interesting. There's uh, you know lore bits. There's um, other stuff with the how the like you know how the Mandalorians entire culture and everything else like that is is depicted is really fun. So yeah. I'm excited. Um, we'll get to that soon. <laughs> and this, that won't be the only other time we talk about Star Wars this year. So stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we'll wrap it up here, Jesse, if you're ready. I think it's time for Plan 99. <laughs> Great. Uh and with that, uh, thank you so much for listening to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Uh, we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, uh, depending on how much I'm doing that weekend. But if we got anything wrong or, you know, we are wildly off base and that this is the best addition to the Star Wars canon since sliced saber bread uh let us know at hit the real podcast at gmail.com again that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you um we also have a patreon in the description of the episode so feel free to take a look at it we'd love the support and uh like always hey keep it real